Well, it's that time of the week again. It's time for Chit Chat Across the Pond. This is episode number 626 for February 22nd, 2020. And I'm your host, Allison Sheridan. This week, our guest is Bart Bouchas with Programming by Stealth, installment 91 of X. How are you doing today, Bart? I am doing just fine. Thank you, Allison. Well, good. Do we have any preamble or should we get stuck right in? I just want to pat myself on the pumpkin head because um, I've tweaked the theme on pbs.bartofficer.net to add a bit more space above and below the various headings to space things out nicer. And I styled the tables because they were unstyled until because I hadn't used any tables in the previous two installments. So ah. I needed tables today and I was like, oh, they're ugly. So uh, <laughs> now they're not. So I'm pleased with myself. I find it interesting that you keep saying that you have no no talent for style and that sort of thing and that you just lean on on bootstrap to fix everything yep. for you. But when I get done, I would say the same thing, except my stuff is still ugly, even with bootstrap helping and yours is not. I understand enough of the theory to know what buttons to push, but if no one gives me a button, I have no chance. Sure, sure, sure. But you push a button that's pretty and I end up pushing things that are hideous. I mean, Remind less ugly me than you, by without it. I will send you a link to the to to, to uh, a guy who he he Charlie does paid courses, but he also sends free email every week, and I just reread his stuff every time. And eventually, like was it you described like if you pour a bottle of wine over a funnel, you know, ninety percent of it'll miss, but some of it'll go in. <laughs> yeah, that was my dad teaching us stuff. He would just uh, said like pouring a bucket of wine into a bottle, Aha, yes. without without a funnel. That's the important part. Yes, well, so basically, after many years of allowing much talk about style to pour over me, a tiny amount of it has gone in. All right. Well, I hope in 30 years to get there. Yeah, of course you will. 10 years, you'll be fine. <laughs> Woohoo! All right, okay. why don't we uh, get stuck in here? All righty, so we are continuing our tour of the many hats JavaScript objects, or rather, the many hats objects are forced to wear in JavaScript. Uh, we are running low on hats, thank goodness. Um, we have already covered their use as dictionaries or hash tables, their use as arrays, their use as strings, their use as functions of various kinds. They're used to wrap primitive values is what we did last time. And uh, today we are looking at our penultimate hat, regular expressions. Oh, because by the way, these, these episodes you've been doing have been super helpful in working on my homework. I got really close to getting to use a spread operator, actually. And uh, uh, unfortunately, I didn't end up needing it, but I knew what it was oh. and I knew I needed one. So I was super excited. Excellent. I love the spread. The spread is my friend. Huge fan <laughs> of the spread operator. So we're going to start by reminding ourselves of the syntax for regular expressions. Uh, we're not going to do it exhaustively because we did do that back in installment 18, but I figured why not do the highlights? And then we're just going to look at the various functions for working with regular expressions. And I've sort of broken that into the problem to be solved kind of approach. Um, I don't believe there's anything new in this entire installment. And yet I think it will prove helpful. I, I don't think we can uh, spend too little or too much time on this because the problem with regular expressions is I know when I'm going to need them and I know I need them when I need them. And they're so far apart that by the time I need them, I go, ah, I'll just do a find and replace and a find and replace when it would be better <laughs> to have a regular expression because I can't remember how to do it anymore. Well, practice will eventually make perfect. Um, right. But that. my practice is like 11 months apart. <laughs> <laughs> I need Does to find more excuses. Work? Yeah, make you make you do regular expressions. 
Okay, so the first thing is, in JavaScript, there is actually a literal syntax for writing regular expressions. So we've come across the concept of literals a few times now. So a literal for making a dictionary is curly bracket, key, colon, value, comma, key, colon, value, comma, key, colon, value. That's an object literal or a dictionary literal. We have literals for making arrays. It's square bracket, value, comma, value, comma, value, close square bracket. That's an array literal. We've seen function literals, which is, you know, some variable becomes equal to the word function, open parens, close parens, open squarely, content of the function, close squarely, semicolon. So there are three yeah. literals we've already come across. I'm the only uh, one reading this right now. The function he wrote says, window.alert, your mother was a hamster and your father smelled of elderberries. I'm guessing Monty points. Python? You win the bonus points. Congratulations. <laughs> Can you set the scene? Oh, no. I just, it just rang a bell. It's when they go to invade the French castle and the, the posh French are at the top of the castle. Your mother was a hamster and your father smelt of elderberries. Now go away or I will taunt you a second time. <laughs> and they eventually he goes, fetch a lavash, which means fetch the cow. And, and that's, that's when where, they start shooting the cows. That's when they throw the cow. They're going, Moo! Because it's Monty Python. And what else would you throw? But of course. Yeah, so fesha lavash, which I always love. You know, the only reason I knew the word vash is because of that cheese, lavash kiri. Yeah, 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 yeah. Me too. We yeah, do. so ri is smile, so vash is cow. Lavash kiri. The cows who smile. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Right, so we've got our, our object literal or an array literal or function literal. And the last one that I have in the show notes, which is the most obvious one of all, is the string literal. Open quote, a bunch of text, close quote. That is a string literal. That is how you make a string, literally. Uh, and, and in the honor string of... he wrote was lying dog face pony soldier. What is that? Oh, you missed that scandal du jour. Um, apparently, one of your candidates in your election thingy called someone who said something that because he thought it was funny and he apparently misquoted a movie. That would be Joe Biden, of course. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hence, it's called botched. Only I spelled botched wrong. Or did I? No, I spelled <laughs> no, botched no. wrong. So that's hilarious. A double botch. Yeah. All right. Okay. So they're all literals. So a literal is just a way of writing a value literally. So the literal for a regular expression is the regular expression inside forward slashes and optionally some flags after the, cl the closing, for want of a better term, forward slash. So an example would be forward slash cat pipe dog forward slash gi. So cat pipe dog is the regular expression, which means cat or dog. And G and I are the flags, G for global and I for case insensitive. Okay. So anytime you see forward slash, some glop forward slash, and then maybe some letters, you know it's a regular expression literal. That's JavaScript syntax. Okay. The hard part, of course, is what goes between the first forward slash and the second forward slash. That's, that's we've got to learn about the regular <laughs> expression. So that's where we're going to kick in now to um, our regular expression syntax refresh. So the first thing to say is that JavaScript has chosen... The, the, a regular expression is just a language for expressing a pattern, right? That's its... That's what a regular expression is for. It's a way of writing down a pattern. And there's lots of possible ways of writing a pattern, but one of the most common ways that, that spans multiple programming languages is the Perl-compatible regular expression, or PCRE. 
And okay. very kindly, I was a Perl programmer for years and I love Perl and I learned regular expressions through Perl and most conveniently, JavaScript uses PCRE. Okay. So, so I get to be at home with my favorite regular expression language. And it's not just JavaScript, right? When we move on to PHP, we will have the choice of regular expression engines, one of which is PCRE, which is, of course, what I'll be using when we get on to PHP. And okay, so we we care about the word Perl in this sense? Purely because? Because, because that's where it came from. What we care about is PCRE, Perl compatible. The compatible is what matters, right? So an IBM, P, an IBM compatible PC, the IBM doesn't really matter. Okay. That's just an accident of history, right? What matters is it's a really, really standard type of machine. And in this case, it's a really, really standard syntax. So Mac OS uses PCRE. So when, on the Mac, when you have a find and replace and you can do pattern, that's PCRE. Oh, Pretty much okay. every app where it has a checkbox that says regular expression, they mean PCRE. Okay. So that good is good to be news. specific just in case somebody thinks something else is going on. Yes, because grep does not use PCRE. Grep uses grep syntax. But oh, egrep uses PCRE, which is why I use egrep all the time, because grep makes me weird. <laughs> okay, so let us... Okay, so first off, link in this section of the show notes, two very important links. The regular expressions guide from developer.mozilla.org is superb. So I would say bookmark that if regular expressions are the kind of thing that give you trouble. And the guide is great because it gives you one page with everything, but there's a lot of scrolling because it's it's a full explanation and a, a, a who and a why and a wherefore. Like, you know, it's, it's a good description. It's not overly wordy. It has all the words it needs and no more, but it has a lot of words. <laughs> so not the easiest way to just flip through and go, where was that one little thing I wanted? Precisely. So developer.mozilla.org has a second wonderful resource, the, their regular expressions cheat sheet, which is that perfect little one pager. I know there's a code for everything that's not a word character. What was it again? Mm, ah, slash capital W. Okay. So I would highly recommend bookmarking both if regular expressions give you trouble. And I... I don't need the first one because regular expressions are a pet love of mine, but I actually do use the cheat sheet from time to time because there's features of ORES that I will only use in once in a blue moon. And then it's really nice to just go to the cheat sheet and look it up. You know, does that really mean what I think it does? Ah, excellent. Or, ooh, no, I should have used blah, blah, blah. You know, it's great. The next easy thing to say is that any of the special characters we're about to meet... If they exist within a regular expression, you have to escape them because otherwise they have their special meaning instead of the literal meaning. So if you mean an actual period, well, then you need backslash period because otherwise period means one of any character. And that's and the probably same, the thing that makes these the hardest for me to read is because you have a forward slash, then a backslash, then a period, then a backslash, then a forward slash. Or something and then a forward slash? Right, yeah. So you're always going to end on... There's always going to be a forward slash when you get to the very end. Um, there's <laughs> always a forward slash at the beginning. But in between, goodness knows what you'll meet. Because if you need so a forward you're... slash, you need backslash forward slash to mean forward slash. Right? <laughs> yeah. You're matching HTTP colon slash slash. You need backslash forward slash, backslash forward slash, and then your final forward slash. Yikes. Okay, so you don't need another backslash on the other side of it. Well, no, because the last forward slash is the one to close the regular expression. So you don't want it escaped. You want it to have its special meaning, right? Oh, but I mean, to escape a character, you only do it before the character. Bingo. 
Okay. I also find it really hard to say backslash. There's a thing in kitchens, the, the tile that goes behind the sink. That's Which is called a backsplash. Splash, so yes. I always call them backsplashes. I think we call them splashboards. Mm. Either way, yeah, they're important because otherwise you have very gunky walls. <laughs> okay, so easy bit. Let's get to the flags. Um, there's actually six possible flags, three of which I have never used and don't see a reason for, so I'm going to ignore them. But they're in the dock up above if you care. The three flags we're going to talk about in this series are G, I, and M. G stands for perform a global search, and this doesn't affect the regular expression itself. It affects how the various functions treat the regular expression. So for now, I'm going to say know that it means global and just park it. It will develop a meaning later. Okay. I, on the other hand, has an immediate meaning. It means be case insensitive. So if I, my regular expression says A or B, then that means lowercase a or, upper, or lowercase b. Or it could also mean uppercase a and lowercase b or uppercase b and lowercase a, right? The case does not matter when the regular expression is doing its thing, is what I okay. mean. Sure. Makes sense. And then M is for multi-line. So normally, beginning and end mean the beginning of the string and the end of the string. But if you want to search each line as a thing, if you pass the M flag, then beginning means beginning of line and end means end of line. So if you're trying to process a big bunch of data that's, you know, one entry per line, then you probably want to be in multi-line mode instead of treating the whole thing as one single beginning and end. So multi-line search again means that you're going to do something to each line individually? No. What it means is, okay, around. so there's a special character that represents start. And there's another special character that represents end. And their normal use is start of string and end of string. That's their normal meaning if there's no flags. If you throw in the M flag, that's those same two characters develop a new meaning. They change their meaning. They don't mean end of string anymore. They mean end of line. Okay. And they don't mean start of string. They mean start of line. Okay. Okay. That can be very useful, like I say. Sometimes you care about what, you know, what's at the end of a line, not what's at the end of the whole string. So it's, you know, what, what do you need? Do or don't put the flag in. So that's the three flags we care about. The character classes then are little codes for specifying groups of characters. And when you say one of these special codes, you mean exactly one of this class. So period means exactly one of anything. Backslash D means exactly one digit. Backslash W means exactly one word character, which is A to Z lowercase, A to Z uppercase, zero to nine and underscore. So exactly one of is backslash W. Hmm. Backslash S is exactly one space character, which covers all the obvious stuff like tabs and form tabs, which are apparently a different character in the ASCII set. Basically, oh, so if it's your, invisible. Your notes, say, your notes say any blank space character, but it's it's a a character that creates a thing that looks blank to us. Yes. It could so be a space, it could be a tab. Yeah, so it's described in the docs as a blank space character, which is why I took that wording, but it is confusing. Yeah, blank space, not in the literal sense, but in the conceptual. Blank space looking character. Yes, in the conceptual sense of blankness. 
or space. Are there only is it only tabs or spaces? Is there anything else that creates a blank space character? If you go to the docs, it gives you a full list of characters, but most of them I've never heard of. Okay. Like I don't know the difference between a form tab and a tab. Apparently, in the ASCII table, there's one of each of those. Hmm, interesting. In my real okay. life experience, it's space and tab that really matter. Okay. So that makes it easy. That one's slash S. Word is slash W, which is a word character, like a character that would be in a word, mm-hmm. which numbers aren't, but okay. And yeah, and underscore, but okay. To me, the dash is and the underscore isn't, so I don't agree with it at all, but that is the <laughs> definition. All right. And slash D for digit. That one's that one definitely no problem. So they're not badly named, DWS. And they all have an inverse, an opposite, which is their uppercase version. So slash capital D is anything that isn't a digit. So P, Q, tab, anything that's not a digit will be slash D with an uppercase D. Uppercase W is anything that's not a word. And uppercase S is anything that's not a blank space character. Then if you want an actual tab, it's backslash lowercase t. And if you want a new line character, it's backslash n. That comes in handy. I remember using that one. Yeah. Okay. So as well as these predefined classes that we already have at our disposal, we can write our own classes. And the syntax for that is square bracket, all the characters you're allowing, close square bracket. So... The character class for all unaccented lowercase Western vowels is open square bracket, A-E-I-O-U, close square bracket. That means match Not any why. one of. <laughs> I wanted to say or why at the end. <laughs> yeah, that's, we could have an argument about that, all right, because why is sort of a vowel-y sound. And there were times in history it was considered one. Um, well, that's anyway. how they teach it to us here. A-E-I-O-U and sometimes Y. Oh, they actually say, and sometimes, oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's your custom character class. Uh, you can also use ranges inside a custom character class, which is the minus sign. So if you want a character class for lowercase hexadecimal, it will be 0 to 9, as in 0 minus 9, A minus F, inside hmm. your square brackets. Which Is, is that the same as A minus F, 0 minus 9? Yes, it is, because it's any one of this set of characters. So the ordering inside okay. the... Yeah, I mean, A-E-I-O-U could be U-E-I-O-A, right? Okay. It's any one of, so, you know. Yeah, I was just trying to figure out whether there was any meaning in hex that, you know, that made that be different. But if... So you don't need anything between those things where you're saying a range. There's no space or... There is not a space or anything because it's just a list of single characters. So if you wanted an actual minus sign, it will be backslash minus because then you want to escape. You want the minus to stop being special and to become a normal plain old minus. Right. So basically, whenever you need something to to not be special, you backslash it. That's sort of the golden rule. Finally, last thing with these character classes, we can we can negate them. So you know the way capital W is anything that's not a word character? Right. Well, we can achieve the same with our custom classes by starting the very, very, very first character. Has, it has to be the very first character, be the hat, the carrot symbol. So Again, they reused the thing that means start of line. Yes, they did. If it's inside square brackets, it means in. If it's the first thing inside square brackets, it means invert this character class. 
So inside square brackets, there are different rules to outside square brackets, and that's really convenient. So you know the way you hate backslashes everywhere? Yeah. Well, inside square brackets, there's very few special characters. So if you make a character class of one, you can avoid lots of backslashes. So you'll see me do this in my sample all the time. When I want a period, I don't put backslash period, I put square bracket period, close square bracket. And when I want a space, I don't put backslash space, I put open square bracket, space, close square bracket. And that's that's easier to read. easier to read. Bingo. Same meaning, but way easier to read. So I hate backslash. So hat A-E-I-O-U inside square brackets means consonants in this example. And question mark and new line character and form tab, whatever that is, and everything in the universe of characters, all the smileys, the poop emoji, the whole kit and caboodle, everything that's not A-E-I-O-U. Okay. Okay. Okay, so that's it. That's character classes done. The next thing is position indicators. These are ways of telling a regular expression that you care about where in the string something is happening. Mm -hmm. So the first of these you've already hinted at is the hat when it's not inside a character class means either start of string or start of line if you've used the M flag for multi-line. Okay. The dollar symbol means end of string or end of line if you use the M flag. And then the other very important positional character is backslash B, which stands for word boundary. Hmm. So if you're interested in, let's say you want to capture other, but you don't want, let me see, what has other inside it as a word? Plotter would have other in, no, plotter. Bother. 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 There we go. You don't want bother, but you do want other. Well, then backslash B, other, backslash B would not pick up bother because B-O, there's no word boundary there. Wait, so you put backslash B at the beginning and end of the word? Yeah, if you want it to be fully standalone, yes. If, you, if you're happy to have something in front bashing into it, but not something behind, you'd only put the backslash B on the end. Whichever side of your pattern that you want that you want to make sure it doesn't bang into something else is where the backslash B goes. So if you want okay. a fully standalone word, it's both sides you care about, right? Let's say I you lost track of what, what, what you said to, to type for what are we looking for? We're looking for words that have other inside them? No, I was saying if you if you wanted other, but you definitely wanted to exclude all the possible things where you might have other inside something else, you would put slash B on both ends. And that would stop bother, bothering, othering. So I think we picked, I picked the worst possible word because slash B means is the position indicator. And we picked the word bother that starts with a B. Yeah, that was terrible. Um, Okay, let's imagine it's snother. (laughs) S-N-O-T-H-E-R. That's in in my document somewhere. Okay. So if you want that not to be caught by your pattern, you would slash B O T H E R. Because then the sn is banged right into the other. So the slash B would say, no, no, you don't match because you're not the edge of a word. Okay. That's a little tough one. I'd have to practice that one, but I, I, I understand it. The real world will teach you that. It's very hard to say, but the real world will teach you that one pretty quick because you'll be looking for other and you'll see it come up with othering and you go, why is the ing? Oh, I need a word boundary after the or because otherwise othering comes in as well as other. Oh, I, I see. So you put it at the end to get rid of the ing and, and you put it at the beginning if you want to get rid of the sn. 
Exactly, exactly. So sometimes you might, sometimes you may actually want to get all the other stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. So it, again, it's what you want. But basically, if you want to say, I insist there be a word boundary here, it's slash B to say word boundary. And slash B is clever enough that a comma, a period, a new line character, they're all word boundaries. Question yeah, mark, you know, colon. I think I could be using uh, regular expressions every day because I'm constantly searching in my code for um you know a variable name that i've i've been adding characters over time as i change my variable <laughs> names and i want the one that's just the the original or i want the one that is the original i bet this would help me it probably would it's very very practical in the real world cuz real world data is full of like you know word endings and word prefixes and all these kind of things to throw you off so in the real world you very often find that slash b very useful okay Okay, so at this stage, we can specify our characters. We can specify their position. The next thing we want to do is specify their quantity, right? So I've been saying all along exactly one digit, exactly one word character, exactly one space character, exactly one hex character, exactly one vowel. Well, what if we don't want exactly one? That's where the quantity specifiers come in. And the first one of these, you could argue I shouldn't have in this table, but I couldn't find anywhere else to put it. But the pipe is or, which is basically one load of characters or another load of characters. So as an example, forward slash cat pipe dog forward slash means cat or dog. The quest, so the, what that, the important thing there is the or goes all the way over until it meets like the end of the regular expression or whatever, right? It's, it's not, it's not C-A-T or D-O-G, it's C-A-T or D-O-G. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I okay, do. good. Uh, all the other ones are not like that. So question mark means zero or one of the one thing to my left. So forward slash HTTPS question mark forward slash means HTTP optionally followed by an S. So that question mark is only affecting the S. Oh, so if you wanted to find. Okay. All right. Hmm. Okay. We'll get on to what if, there is a way to, to make it go further, but we'll get to that later. That's called grouping. So if you read ahead like five lines, you'll, you'll arrive there. But anyway, we'll, we'll talk about that no in cheating. more detail in a moment. Okay. Uh, the next one is star. So question mark is zero or one of. Star is zero or more of. So A uh -huh. star would be nothing. A, 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 A. A A A A A ad infinitum. Oh, and it includes nothing because it's also zero. Correct. Huh. Okay. The plus then is similar but slightly different. One or more of. Okay. So the plus won't accept nothing, but it will take A, 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 A. And in this case they have to be next to each other? Correct. Okay. So it's it's that amount of the thing to my left. Okay. Straight after each other. The next one then is inside curly brackets, a number. So exactly N of. So B curly brace to close curly brace is two B characters. B curly brace 20 close curly brace would be 20 B characters. It has okay. to be exactly that amount. 
And then the last one is one of my most favorite ones is curly bracket, one value, comma, another value, close curly bracket. And that's between X and Y of, and it's inclusive. So Hmm. slash D curly one, comma, three, close curly means one, two or three digits. Okay. Right. So basically the lowest I'm allowed. Syntax, but sure. Yeah. So the least I'm allowed and the most I'm allowed and everything in between is all good. Okay. That's how I think of it. So that's most of what we need to learn, actually. The last thing, then, is groupings. So I said to you that the question mark, the, co- the star, the plus, the a- the curly brackets n, the curly brackets x, y, they only expect the one thing directly to their left. How do we mm-hmm. make it? How do we make that one thing be something bigger? Well, the answer is we use parentheses to group things. So if we have ABC inside parentheses, and then we put the question mark straight against the parentheses, well, then the question mark affects everything inside the parentheses because the thing directly next to it is that grouping. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Now, what doesn't make sense, but you're just going to have to live with, is that the good people who wrote Perl back in the 70s, I think, maybe the 80s, might have been the 80s, but it's a long time ago. They had this wonderful idea that why not make the parentheses do two jobs? <laughs> yes, we will make it group things. Great. We'll also make them into sub-patterns, which is why they're called capturing groups or capture groups. And what that means is that when the regular expression matches, it doesn't just match the bit of the string that meets your pattern. If you use parentheses, it contains numbered sub-matches for every every bit of parentheses you came across. And that's hard to say. So imagine we have a regular expression that will accept the time with or without seconds. So that's slash d2 colon slash d2 colon slash d2 would be the very, very basic pattern there. But what if we want to be able to break it up later? Okay, first off, the seconds are optional. So we need the last colon and the slash D2 to be by the question mark. So the first thing we need is we need some brackets to do that. Yes? I'm lost already. Um, I know. (laughs) Sorry. Hang on. Um, No, I'm not. I'm lost way before you think I'm lost. I will be lost. I'm planning on being lost to the right spot. So we do a slash to say we're doing a regular expression. We got one at the beginning, one at the end. Forward slash. And then you started talking about backslash D squirrely brackets too. I thought the backslash was the escape. No, forwards. No, back. Okay, so backslash. Right. Backslash is used to escape when needed, but backslash D we learned in the character classes table is any digit. Ugh. Right? So backslash, backslash means two things too. Dag nabbit. Oh, backslash D is like one thing. It's like Pluto's a dwarf planet. It's not dwarf planet, it's dwarf planet. Backslash D is like backslash D. <laughs> okay. Backslash D. Squirrely bracket two with parentheses around it. That means two digits. It does. And you have parentheses around it because Because I want a sub pattern. I want to be able to capture the errors. So those brackets are only forming one of the two jobs of of brackets. They're just there to capture. 
they're not needed to make the regular expression work. So they're an example of the first of the two jobs, the bracket, or the second of the two jobs. Okay. Then the colon symbol, that's easy. Mm-hmm. Then exact the mm-hmm. same thing again. Right. Uh, and so that gives us a second set of brackets, which allows us to capture the minutes. Mm-hmm. Now notice that there's another set of brackets that capture the, the hours, colon, the minutes. They're grouped in another set of yeah. brackets. Right, because so you don't me- want to mess with those because we want to keep those. So you it's put them all in us. We're going to want to display those. So we're not going to, that. those are not part of any or sort of thing going to happen. Bingo. Because we're, Bingo. we're always exactly going to have there. hours and minutes. So you got all of that hours and minutes stuff inside another set of parentheses. Exactly. So we can then choose to display the time to the nearest minute effectively. Right. Okay. So now we get to now. the hard one. Right, so at this point, the seconds are optional. So everything else has to be made into one thing, has to be grouped to make it optional. So that's why you have a parenthesis there that goes all the way to the second last character of the regular expression, ending with a question mark. Okay. So that means that everything in there is optional, because question mark is zero or one of, which another way of saying that is optional. Okay. So that means colon... At a time, it makes sense. That, that's how regular expressions work. They look <laughs> impenetrable. They, I mean, they look like gibberish. They look like a dirty modem, like a faulty modem or something is eating your text. A cat Fine. walked across your keyboard. Yeah, and only and missed all the letters and just stepped on all the symbols. Right, right. So inside that final optional, we have colon and then one more grouping of slash D2. In other words, mm-hmm. letting us address the seconds. So... That means that regular expression is perfectly happy with the string 12 colon 01 because the last colon two digits is optional. It's also right. perfectly happy with 12 colon 01 colon 02. Right. Uh, so I understand the parentheses around the uh, seconds because we've got to put our question mark at the end of that. We want to say this whole mess back here. We may or may not need to find that. Yes. But... Why do you have to have parentheses around the first D slash E2? You don't have to have those, do you? You don't have to to make the pattern match, right? So remember I said the the, the idiots who wrote Perl, they're not idiots, they're geniuses, but leave that aside. They made made those parentheses do two jobs. So the job that you have intuitively understood is the first of those two jobs, which is just grouping. And for just grouping, all we need is that one set of parentheses around the colon slash D2, question mark. The other parentheses are for the purpose of pulling out pieces of the pattern that we then can use later. So they're the capture. Okay, so you don't, this is if you're going to later on want to know what the hours are separate from from the minutes? Bingo. Okay, Bingo. but just in general, to find all the cases of hours and minutes or hours, minutes, and seconds, you wouldn't need the parentheses around the hours and minutes. Yes, exactly. Ah, exactly. Good, good, good. Okay. At this so this is why it's so confusing, because there are two jobs being done by the same bloody syntax. Yeah. Very but annoying. I guess it makes sense if it's going to have a question mark afterwards, you'd need that in parentheses to say, well, what do you mean to be in parentheses? Exactly. So okay. when we run that regular expression against the first of those two, I okay, so the numbered subpatterns, they are numbered from the leftmost bracket. So everything inside the leftmost bracket will be subpattern number one. So that means that on the string 12 colon 01, subpattern number one is 12 colon 01, because the first parenthesis goes all the way up 
to just before the third colon, which may or may not exist. Okay. The second numbered pattern is 12. The third numbered pattern will be 01. The fourth numbered pattern is the meaningless colon 02. And the fourth numbered pattern is 02. Wait, I, I, I caught you up to, let's see, one, two, three. Yeah. Didn't you say fourth twice? No, so, I, if I did, I shouldn't have. Okay, so the first one is everything before the colon? So the first one is everything up to the last colon, so 12 colon okay. zero one. Okay, and then the second one is the, the first two digits. Yeah. Before the first colon. The third is the ones after the first colon. Yeah. And then the fourth is everything after the, the, the last colon, or up to right. including the last colon. Including that last colon, and then it's the yeah. fifth. You're right, I said fourth twice. The yeah, there fifth you go. Okay. Is seconds. So the zero two. The zero two without the colon. Without the colon, because that fifth bracket starts after the colon. So why do we need to know what number they are? Because that's how we ask for them later, right? Uh, when, I'm never when the doing pattern this. is matched, we say, give me the first sub pattern, the second sub pattern, the third sub pattern. And in this case, the fact that those parentheses do double duty is really confusing because the first one, one makes sense, two makes sense, three makes sense, and five makes sense. Four is useless. We have no need for four in terms, it has no meaning. It's only there to make the question mark work. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. 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 Got you. So. They later retrofitted this problem with the non-capturing group. You're going to love this syntax. Hang on. After learning all that, you're saying I don't need to know it? Oh, you do, because you're going to end up doing it this way 90% of the time, because the non-capturing group is going to make your head explode. I insist on <laughs> oh, using non-capturing groups. You what? I insist on using non-capturing groups. I am, I am fighting a losing battle here on planet Earth. There are very few of us who use non-capturing groups. I, I think everyone should, but I'm losing. And the reason I'm losing is because the syntax is ugly. The syntax is... As opposed is, to what you just taught us, which is just beautiful. <laughs> well, it's all relative. It's all relative. <laughs> all right. Bring it you on. You start... Okay, so a normal group, you start with an open parenthesis and you end with a closing parenthesis. That's pretty simple. A non-capturing group is started with open parenthesis question mark colon and ends with a closing parenthesis. Now, do you okay. see why it's not popular? Well, I can see it's going to be ugly, especially if you read the next line that makes my eyes bleed. But why are they called capturing and non-capturing groups? The capturing ones become numbered subpatterns, and the non-capturing ones do not become part of the numbered sequence. So why so they, would you want to make them not part of the... Then you can't use them. You can, because they still do that job of making the question mark work, but we don't save them. So remember I was saying the parentheses are doing double duty, one yeah. to group things together to make the regular expression work, and two to capture the bits we want. Well, this way we can split those jobs apart. We use normal groups for the capturing and non-capturing groups for the make the regular expression work. So if we rewrite our regular expression so that the, the only one of them is non-capturing, the one for the question mark, then we have the numbered ones being one, two, three, four, are all sensible things. Okay. I, I dare you to read this line out loud. Forward slash parens parens backslash D 
curly two curly close parens colon open print. Yeah, it's no point. <laughs> well, he hasn't gotten to the fun part where it's open parens question mark colon colon because the <laughs> yeah. open parenthesis question mark colon is what starts this non-caption group. Then we've got the colon that's actually part of the expression mm-hmm. we're trying to find. And then you end in close parenthesis and then you add the qu- another question mark because now you're even though you've got this question mark at the beginning that's just to tell you it's a non-caption group we still need the question mark to say that thing you just non-captured is optional bingo you understood <laughs> it perfectly it's ugly as sin right but you understood it perfectly <laughs> and so i you, used words that have no meaning and they had complete meaning in that sentence that was they fun. did it was perfect. I can't, you know, the way you were, you were joking with um, that really nice programming chap you were talking to last week. Tom. But Tom on the Tom, internet. Tom on the internet. That was it. I really enjoyed that show, by the way. Um, okay. That was such a fun show. Uh, you know, but me being so pernickety and precise, well, I, I can't argue. You were perfect. <laughs> Even if it does sound like gibberish to everyone else. So you know the way I said, yeah. pretend the slash D is one word. Pretend the open parens question mark colon is one word. So open parens question mark colon. Oh, okay. <laughs> By the way, just for anybody who's listening to this, all out of sequence with nothing else, if they're on the programming by stealth track, what he was just referring to was Chit Chat Across the Pond number 625, which is a light version. And that one is with Tom on the internet, who's a uh, a, a new programmer who had an interesting story to tell. He really did. Because such a, such a people on this track might not know about that track. That's a really good point. You have too many shows, Alison. Well, I just blend them and it makes it look like more. <laughs> You haven't quite right. done a chuck, but let's not go there. Okay, yeah. that's it. That's all the syntax. You'd be happy to know. Okay. So on the one hand, you could argue it's not that much. When you see it broken into tables, none of those tables are all that big. But goodness me, is there a power in that group of tools I've just given you? So now, okay, everything up to now, this is not JavaScript. This is PCRE. So this skill is with you for lots of programming languages, for the whole of Mac OS, for eGrep, for most text editors you're ever going to come across. Pretty much every coding editor that has a regular expression checkbox, they mean PCRE. So everything we've done up to now is a skill that is with you all over the place. Now we're moving into JavaScript-only land. So in JavaScript-only land... Regular expressions, their functionality is provided through a built-in class called regexp with a capital OR and a capital E. So uppercase OR, EG, uppercase E, XP. Okay. Uh, full documentation over on Microsoft Developer, not Microsoft, Mozilla Developer Network, MDN. <laughs> we're going to cherry pick the important stuff because that's what we've, we're now at the stage where I, I think people are perfectly capable of reading the fine manual if they want to go in depth. So what I want to do is show you the highlights so you know what's possible, and then you can read the fine manual if you need more. And I'm, I'm hoping that's a realistic thing for me to do in this stage of the series. I think we're getting there. Good. Okay, so 99.99% of the time, the way you make regular expressions is with regular expression literals. So forward slash the regular expression closing forward slash, if that's even a thing, and then your flags. But if you really want to, there is a constructor with the regex class that lets you turn a string into a regular expression. And the reason almost nobody does it is because strings need to have stuff escaped. And so do regular expressions. So you need to escape things twice if they overlap. 
So the Reagan We're not expression. Read this one out, but it it looks like you're doing uh, uh, a fancy ASCII, W in ASCII art. ASCII art emoji. Yeah. <laughs> so the regular, the the normal regular expression for HTTP or HTTPS colon slash slash is ugly enough because it's forward slash starts with so hat HTTPS question mark because the S is optional colon backslash forward slash backslash forward slash forward slash I because I want this to be case insensitive. That's already mm. bad enough because of those forward slashes needed to be escaped. Doing that as a string, the backslash has to be escaped. <laughs> so that means that when you do it as a string, you get hat HTTPS question mark colon so far so good backslash backslash forward slash. The reason for that is the first backslash backslash collapses into a single backslash once the string has done it with its bits. So what actually gets handed over to the regular expression is one backslash. <laughs> well, can you imagine how hard it is to debug that? Oh, yeah. And how insane you will go having to remember what is escaped twice and what is escaped once. Because if it means something to a string and a regular expression, you escape it twice. If it only means something to a string, you escape it once. And if it only means something to a regular expression, you escape it once. That's a lot of set theory and a lot yeah. of remembering. So, so why don't, are you teaching us this if this is so nasty? I'm telling you about it because if you go to if you go to the you know you stick it into the Googles, you will find new regex string comma string, and the second string, by the way, is the flags. So it takes two arguments: the regular expression and the flags. The flags are fine, right? Yeah, they're just just says I. I. Yeah, now, that's fine. It's the double escaping that isn't fine. There is another reason you would use this constructor. Imagine you want to turn some data you got from Ajax into a regular expression. You can't do that with a literal. The only way to do that is by saying new regex and putting the string as the first argument. So if you want to build a regular expression from stuff you don't know while you're writing the code, Maybe you want someone to type a search string into a text box and then take what they typed and put it into a regular expression. Well, then you need to pass it in as a string. So then you would use the constructor. If so I promise not never to need that, can I not learn this? Okay. Dorothy's <laughs> ears are all perked up because Dorothy wrote the PBS index. Yeah. So she does care about searching based on something a user types into a text box. Okay. So but why would, I need, why would I need to type, take what they put in a search box and turn it into a regular expression? I'll have to go find everything that matches it. Uh, command F. No? There's no Command F. How do you make Command F into something that happens programmatically, right? Dorothy's lovely filter is happening in real time. All right. Well, I'm glad she's good at those. <laughs> right. So there are real-world reasons to need that constructor. But okay. don't just go running to it for the crack. It's generally speaking evil. Okay. Uh, just to point out that um, in this case, the we can we can invoke so regular the regex function provides a whole bunch. Let me say that again. I'm not being precise. The regex class provides a whole bunch of instance functions. And we can actually use them straight on a literal. So you know the way last time we learned that you can have a string and then straight on the end of the string literal, we can say like dot to uppercase or whatever. 
Well, yeah. we can do the same with regular expressions. So we can say const does match one becomes equal to forward slash starts with slash d plus dollar forward slash. So that's the regular expression for one or more digits. So starts with and ends with is around that. So literally starts with one or more digits and then ends. Dot test 42. So the test function checks a value against the regular expression and that will return true. Because 42 starts with a digit, there's one or more of them, and then it ends. That's fine. Hmm. Same is true for even more fancy regular expressions like ones with flags. So we have a regular expression for a HTTP or HTTPS, colon slash slash, just like above. We can say dot test with capital H, lowercase t, lowercase t, capital P, colon slash slash www.podfee.com, and that will also capture as true. Because we don't have a dollar on the end, so it doesn't matter if the stuff comes after the two slashes. And we're happy to be case insensitive, so the funny casing is fine by us, because we said I. So that you're saying that the dot test is is a, a method for regexp, but we don't have to use regexp to, to use the dot test? Right. So it's a method provided by the regex class, which means it's a, something we can do to any regular expression. Okay. Okay. That's cool. So just like to uppercase can be done to any string, yeah. dot test can be done to any regular expression. But I, I need to be uh, grateful for the existence of regexp. By the way, I'm well, saying it like it, this that because it, it right. sounds like regex and it's not regex, it's regexp. Yeah. I wish they just kept it at regex. But anyway. Yeah. Okay, so let's get on to our real-world uses for these functions. So the first thing you want to do is to validate information, right? A very common thing, you have a text box, you want to make sure the user isn't telling you porky pies, you need to do some validation. And .test is perfect for that because what .test gives you is a boolean. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Yes, it matches. No, it doesn't. Very straightforward. It completely ignores capturing groups. I mean, it'll use them to make the regular expression work, but it won't save them anywhere. It's not going to tell you that it found four out of your five sub-patterns. All it cares about is, do you match the regular expression as a whole? Yes or no? So it's validation, right? That, that is what it is for, is for validation. Uh, so if you're going to use it on a one-off, right? You're going to do a one-off validation, then you just use a literal. It's probably the easiest. So our first code snippet, which you can, if you like, copy and paste into a console on this page, it'll work fine. So we have const val to test equals 42. Const is okay becomes equal to forward slash hat slash d plus dollar forward slash. In other words, a regular expression for whole numbers. Dot test val to test. And then we can console.log testing val to test resulted in is okay. And that will tell you that testing 42 resulted in true. Okay. Can I ask you a question just from, from normal use? Do you find sure. that the thing you think of to test, which is what you're actually looking for, usually works and passes your test, but what you don't realize is that you're also capturing a bunch of stuff you didn't mean to catch? That is a very common problem, the false positive. Okay. okay. Uh, and they're easier to sneak through than a false negative, right? If something that should have passed fails, you usually pick that up in your testing. But right. A lot but, of people stop testing at the point where what they want to work works, and they never check if what they want to not work also not works. 
or I think it can be a, a lack of imagination of how many stupid things users would were type in. That is also true. It's That's why you have to hand it to true. someone else, someone else who doesn't think like you, right? Yes, someone like, say, Alison Sheridan, who is notorious at finding bugs in other people's software. <laughs> and I use Steve Sheridan for mine. Aha, uh-huh. there we go. I mean, he and this is the things it's like, what would make you think to do that? <laughs> when Forbes gets yep. a little older, I'm going to use him for it. He'll be awesome. Excellent. Yeah, someone with lots of imagination. Mm-hmm. It's one of the few things where rubber ducky coding doesn't work because the rubber ducky helps you get your thoughts in line. But your thoughts are your thoughts are your thoughts. You need someone who doesn't think like you. So this is this is a place where rubber duckies are no help. <laughs> okay. Now, if I'm using a literal, I am making a new regular expression object every time, right? So that literal gets translated into an object and then the test function is called in that object. If I were to put that inside a for loop, I would make an object, use it once, destroy it. Make an object, use it once, destroy it. Make an object, use it once, destroy it. That is inefficient. So you can throw in- regular... Inefficient? Ex- inefficient bad right make destroy make destroy make destroy not good so you can save a regular expression in a variable because it's just an object just like you can save a string right okay so we can say const okay or e in other words i'm happy with this regular expression becomes equal to forward slash the same one we've been using all along the one for you know a whole number then we say const vowels to test plural becomes the array forty two comma boogers comma ninety nine. One of those is a is a number. One of those is a string. So forty two is a number. Ninety nine is a string. And boogers is obviously a string. Okay. Now we can have a for loop for const val of vowels to test. Const is okay becomes equal to okre dot test val. So okre is our saved regular expression. We're calling dot test and we're asking it to test val. And then we can console.log testing dollar $val resulted in dollar is okay. And if you run that, what you'll see is testing 42 is resulted in true, testing boogers resulted in false, testing 99 resulted in true. Yeah. Okay. So we made our object once and we used it three times. But of course, we could have gotten back an Ajax call with 5 million lines and we could have used our one object 5 million times. Whereas okay, if we did it, sense, yeah. if we did it the other way, it's five million. Make it destroy it. Make it destroy it. Make it destroy it. Make it destroy it. That's that's not good. It's also so, interesting that the regular expression found the string ninety nine. Yes, isn't it? Because regular expressions only work on strings, so it's actually always happening under the hood. So what's actually interesting oh, really? is that forty two oh, okay. became a string. Hmm. Right. Interesting. So that is something to bear in mind. A regular expression is a text matching conception it only makes sense in a text world and that universe of text is the only place regular expressions yeah. exist so javascript yeah, yeah, just yeah. takes whatever it is and makes it into a string and then regular expressionizes it okay i'm glad i asked the question that's cool i was hoping you would and you did thank you <laughs> by, by the way i've noticed that i keep saying that makes sense over and over again i'm trying to come up with creative ways to say it but you should be happy that i'm saying it right oh it makes me smile a lot they're my favorite <laughs> words Okay. Best three words in the English language. That makes sense. Now, what? <laughs> yeah, you have many colorful ways of saying, what the bleep? <laughs> I'm unimaginative when I'm following. Okay, I'm with you so far. Okay, so that's the first obvious use case, is just, does this match, yes or no? The second use case then is much more arguably powerful, which is parsing and extracting. So in other words, using regular expressions 
to extract meaningful parts, meaningful information out of string. So here we get back to our regular expression we wrote earlier for getting, you know, for breaking down, say, a time. It's a slightly simplified version. So we have const time parse ori becomes equal to the forward slash starts with, so hat, open a parens, slash d2, close a parens, colon, open a parens, slash d2, close a parens, colon, open parens, slash d2, close parens, dollar forward slash. So in this case, okay. I've not made anything optional, right? I'm saying I want two digits, followed by a colon, followed by two digits, followed by a colon, followed by two digits. And we have three named patterns. One for the hours, one for the minutes, and one for the seconds. One, two, three. Okay. Are we happy? With you so far. Okay. So if we're interested in getting at the one, two, three, the function we need is not test, because that only gives us true false. The function we're interested in is exec. E-X-E-C, which is also provided by the regex class. Now, this will do one of two things. If the pattern doesn't match at all, if it doesn't find a match, you will get back null, which is falsy. So you can say if on it, and it'll give you a false. What it does when the pattern does match depends on whether or not we set the G flag. So let us first not set global, the G. Right? G is global. So let's first okay. keep the simplest thing. We won't set G. So we have a non-global regular expression, normal regular expression. So we pass it in a string and it will then give us back either null if there's no match. So if we try time ori, time parser ori.exec boogers, we get back null because boogers does not match the pattern. So we get back null. Okay. If we pass it in 12 colon 01 colon 02, we get back an array. And that array oh. contains four things. We have three numbered capture groups. We get back four things. The reason is the first thing is always, even if we had zero capture groups, the first thing in the array is all of the string that matched the regular expression. So in so this the case... the whole kit and caboodle. In this case, it's the whole kit and caboodle because we have a dollar and a hat to sort of really limit things. But if our regular expression ended in a wild card of some kind, it could be really quite long. Hmm. So in this case, the first element is 12 colon 01 colon 02, the full match. Then the second element is the first capture group, 12. The third element is the second capture group, 01. Now, this sounds terrible, but remember that arrays are numbered from zero. So actually, this lines up really well, because the first capture group is actually numbered one in the yeah. array. So now, this if is you had to put parentheses around the slash D2 mm -hmm. and the slash D2 and the slash D2, you would have only gotten 120102 as the 0th element, nothing else in the array? Bingo. Perfect. Yes. Okay. okay. So we can now use destructured assignment, like we learned about a few installments ago, to name the bits of our regular expression. So we can say const open square bracket comma. Oh. So hang on a second. Why have we just done that? Well, having nothing before the first comma means ignore the first value in the array. We're not going to save it. Okay. Okay. HRS comma mins comma sex close square bracket. So we're making three variables, ours, HRS, M, mins, and sex. And they will get assigned to the first, the one the tooth, and the treeth. And we're ignoring the zeroth. 
So now we can console.log hours equals hours, minutes equals minutes, seconds equals seconds. I really like that. I want to use Bingo. that a lot. Yes, indeedy. This is the power of vagar expressions, breaking things apart in a sensible way. Yeah. And this is why you would use non-capturing groups, because you don't want to break the logic of the way things come out at the end. Right? If we wanted to make the seconds optional, we don't want the colon to be in one of our numbered groups. We want it to be completely ignored in the array. So that's mm. why we'd use a non-capturing group, because we don't want yeah. it. I, you know, I, I've always loved non-capturing groups. I've, I've been a fan for about 12 Five minutes. minutes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we can break a single match into pieces. So we had a regular expression without the G. We passed it a string. The first match within the string got broken into pieces and returned to us. Now, in our case, we passed it a very short string, and our regular expression says begins with and ends with, so even if we'd passed it a longer string, it would have failed to match. But in the real world, you don't have to start every regular expression with hat and dollar, and you don't have to pass it in a short string. You could pass it in a really long string that has five times in it. And what if you want to capture all five of them? Mm. Well, that's where the G flag comes in. So the G flag is for a regular expression that you want to apply multiple times within one string. And at this point, I am sorry to say that the people who wrote exec did it really weirdly, so weirdly that the next version of JavaScript that is due to come out next summer is scheduled to have a proper fix for this. But I'm afraid to say today we have to do things the icky way. So if there's a G flag set, exec initially seems to behave just like it did before. It will find the first match, break it into pieces and return an array, or it will find no match and return null. Behind the scenes, without you noticing, it has reached into the regular expression object and stored a string position, which is where I left off in the string inside the regular expression object. Silent. Can you, say, can you say that again? So if the G flag is present, mm -hmm. it will do the search once, find the first match, stop, return just like it did before, our array with the full match followed by the parts, and it will write into the regular expression. It will write in, in a secret key, where it was in the string. So what what character in the string it had gotten to when it found this match. Okay. And the next so time you call exec on the same string, it will look inside itself and see that it has remembered a position and it will skip the first match and then start its search again. So that means you have to loop over it. Bingo. Okay. The only way to get multiple matches is to loop using .exec, and it will only work if you remembered the G flag. Otherwise, you get the first match over and over and over oh, again forever. Okay. But it doesn't so search this is what, the whole thing and return all the stuff. You have to loop to get all of it. Yeah, and this is what's being fixed in the next version of JavaScript. They're giving us a new function called... Uh, actually, it's not exec that's being fixed. It's another function we'll meet later being fixed. But they're, they're giving us a proper solution. Um, they've put it in the string prototype instead of the regex prototype, but that, anyway, I'm not allowed to tell you about cool stuff that we're not allowed to do yet, so just okay. know that this stupid mechanism of looping over this hidden variable 
is only for now. So I have an example to prove that it works the weird way I said it does. So we're going to define a string to search, which I've very cleverly named const string to search, which in this case is quite a mouthful. I thought we might meet at 0700, but that was too early for Bob. So I suggested 10 colon 00, but that was too late for Alice. So we settled on 08 colon 00 in meeting room three. I have these conversations. a lot of problems with that one. Um, so I want to find all of the times. So I'm now going to write a regular expression called global time ORI because I want to find all the times. Mm-hmm. And so I do not start it with a caret symbol because I don't only want to find a string that is just the time on its own. I want to be able to find times that are all over the place. So I say backslash D2 inside a capture group, colon, backslash D2 inside a capture group, then I have a non-capturing group for colon backslash D2, and then there's a final capturing group inside there to get the seconds. So this okay. is an example of using a non-capturing group so my logic doesn't break. I, I can read this right now. That's terrifying. Woo-hoo. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be gone tomorrow. <laughs> but... Another one. <laughs> okay. But I can so, see why. Right. So now we need to loop over this. So we're going to need a variable to capture each match as we go. So I'm going to make a variable called match and initially set it to null just because I have to set it to... Well, I don't have to, but I want to set it to something. So let match equal null. While match becomes equal to global time regular expression dot exec string to search. Const. Then we do our destructured assignment into hr min and sec of match. Console.log found a time with hours equals dollar hrs, minutes equals dollar min, seconds equals dollar sec. And if we run that, you will see that it says found time with hours 07 minutes 00 seconds undefined, because I didn't put any seconds in, followed by found time with hours, uh, see, the next one is 10 minute 0 seconds undefined, and then finally found time with hours 8 minute 0 seconds undefined. Being dumb here because I'm not seeing where you actually run it. Uh, inside the while. So while match becomes equal to global time or exec. But it's a string. To, oh, string to search is not. Okay. Is, is you already defined that. Okay. I was looking for where that got inserted. And, yeah. So that's at the top of the code snippet. And how do you deconstruct it? That's confusing to me. You're deconstructing it, but it seemed like you hadn't. So match becomes to go equal deconstruct. To, okay, so match becomes equal to the result of the exec. And then mm. on the next line we destructure match. So match is that array. So oh boy, it feels backwards. Um Okay. Well how uh, how does on. a while loop? Hang on. Hang on, I'm just uh, no, it's the it's the um deconstructing line that looks backwards to me, but it is the same as what you did before. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Remember, it's what's on the right gets assigned to what's on the left. So we want HR min and sec to be getting assigned to, so they have to be on the left. Yeah. Like X becomes equal one. to 42, okay. the X is on the left. Mm-hmm. In this case, hours min and sec become equal to the content of the array, so they're on the left. Okay. And you can run yeah. it. Yeah, clarify. yeah. No, I did. I, I believe you. It worked. I did that before I uh, asked any questions, but yeah, still, I, I, I'm intrigued by, and, and Dorothy does this too, and it doesn't occur to me that you often define variables 
and then just use them right away. And it's like, well, what'd you define a variable for? You could have done that uh, like, directly. Well, in what way? Well, you, you defined match, right? Mm -hmm. And you said, make it be null. Mm -hmm. And then you set something to be equal to match. Becomes equal to match. Or match gets assigned the value of something. Yeah, that one doesn't that 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 piece doesn't work quite as well for me. But I I don't think we should belabor it because it's okay. On you other can subjects just declare a very, right, You can just declare a variable and not give it a value. We could say let match semicolon, but that's considered bad mm -hmm. practice because then it gets the value undefined, mm -hmm. which is just a bit weird. Not yeah, to yeah, no, I, no, I I understand why you did that. That that isn't confusing me. I'm I'm not articulating my question very well. We we can keep moving on because it has nothing to do with regular expressions, but uh, okay. I, I'll I'll mull over that one on my own and try to figure out what I'm thinking, where I'm confused. I was going to say try to leave it out, and then what do you end up doing? You end up not declaring your variable, which is not allowed if you're going to be strict about your JavaScript. Right. So you kind of end up with no choice but to do what looks a bit ugly. It's yeah. it's not ideal looking code. I don't like the look of it either. But it is kind of the right thing to do. Sure, sure. No, I'm, I'm not. Oh, yeah. I'm not questioning it. I'm just trying to get it straight in my head. But uh, yeah. let's keep going. Yeah. Okay. I also remember I presaged all of this by saying this isn't elegant, but this is just because of the weird way the G flag was implemented. So I don't like this. However, it is very powerful and it does work very well. Yeah. So I just sort of swallow it and go, okay, fine, I'll do it this way. And okay, most notably, so, it didn't pick up the rim number. Correct. That's why, that that's why you put the rim number. Right. Bingo. Yes. Okay. So that's all I want to talk about the regex class itself. It provides two spectacularly important functions, test and exec. But regular expressions exist elsewhere in JavaScript, particularly in the string class. The string class also provides instance functions, and some of those also make use of regular expressions. And to some extent, I think of these as being mirror images of the regular expression ones. So the first is, there's a pair of functions that are very similar, the first of which is match. And I look at match as being a mirror image of exec, right? Because exec, you call exec on a regular expression and you give it the argument of a string. You call match on a string and give it the argument of a regular expression. Hmm. Okay. So, yeah, so it's literally the mirror image of each other. But they do the same job. They test one against the other. So the way it works is it returns the same values you would have expected from .exec. It returns either null or it returns the sub-matches if there's no global flag. If there is a global hmm. flag, it ignores the sub-matches and returns all the full matches. So you basically have the choice. If I want the subparts, I can't use a, a global regular expression. If I want only the full matches, well, then I can get them all in one go using dot .match. But the price I pay for that fact is the fact that I've lost the subpattern. So I can have my cake or I can eat my cake. Which may or may not be useful, right? Anyway, let's, let's look at a real I'm world I'm hoping example. an example will make that one. Okay. So we have the choice of either getting the bits or getting all the matches. 
Okay. So if we want the bits, we use a non-global regular expression. So we have a string here, meet Bob at 10 tomorrow, at 10 colon 00 tomorrow. And our regular expression is backslash B for word boundary, slash D2 in a capture group, colon, slash D2 in a capture group, followed by slash B for a word boundary. And so why did you word, want a word boundary on this one? Just because otherwise, I guess I could have... Uh, some word smashed straight into the 10 that would make it not be correct, I guess. Well, so if that's a 10.00 p.m. That would fail. Would this, this captured would or this would fail? Right, because of that slash B on the end. Okay. So that's probably not a good one to use in the case of time because people might put a.m. or p.m. right next to it. Really good point, yeah. So okay. I guess arguably I should have it case insensitive and have a.m. or p.m. as an option on the end. Well, or don't put the word boundary. How often do people write 10 colon 00 and then slap something on the end of it that isn't AM or PM? If it's English, probably not that often, but if it's some... some oh, computer program that shoved it out, yeah. Yeah, and maybe they're using colon as a delimiter or something between columns and some data Yeah, 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 gotcha. Okay. Yeah, so you, you, depending on context, you may, you may or may not want to be really picky with your regular expressions, or you might be really lax and then bite yourself on the backside. So it's not a global is the key point here. So we say const, so we say, okay, so date match becomes equal to our string dot match our regular expression because it's the mirror image, right? So it's a string dot match instead of regular expression dot exec. So string dot match the regular expression. And now that result goes into date match, which is either null or an array. So in this case, M time is the whole match, MH is the hours, and MM is the minutes. Okay. So we're not we're right. not ignoring the first part. We're saying give me everything and give me the two capture groups. Then we can say console.log, the meeting is at M time, hours equals MH, and minutes equals MM. And the else is there for the real world situation. No idea when the meeting is. Because <laughs> it could have been null, right? Right. right. So that means we we caught all the pieces but we only oh, caught so the first if, one if date match meant it was true correct if date and match meant it was truthy null. right not truthy. falsy yeah right right yeah so in javascript land an array is truthy null is falsy right okay now if we want to get all the times but we don't care about sub parts then we do set the global flag so in this case, our input is, I wanted to meet at 8, but it was too early for Bob, so we suggested 10, but that was too late for Alice, so we settled on 9. Okay, the same sentence again. So matched times becomes equal to input string dot match, and this time our regular expression is exactly the same as before, but no capture groups, and a G on the end. Oh, no capture groups, why? Well, we could put them in, but they'd be ignored, because there's a G. Wait, wait, why does global mean it's not? It's going to ignore capture groups? Because the documentation for match says if there is a global, we ignore the capture groups. Huh, okay. So if, there's a, if there is a global, what you will get back is one array with all the full matches. And if there were capture groups, what you get oh. back is one array with all the full matches. Okay, so, you, okay. so we're not going to be able to break it down like we did before. Bingo, bingo. So Unless the documentation... Uh, unless we do a, uh, a regular expression on the array or something. Well, unless you, well, you could then, exactly, you could loop over the array and then one, then apply the regular expression once for each one. 
but why not just use exec with that horrible while loop if that's what you care about? Right. If you want to do both, if you want to have every every day, every time, and all the pieces, then you have no choice but to use exec. But if you want one or the other, you can get away with match, and that's a nicer thing to do. Okay. So if you do it this time, what you'll find is found matched times dot length times, and then match times dot join will print them all out. So basically, it will find all of the times. So you're going to get back an array that contains zero eight zero 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 nine zero. Sorry, ten zero zero and zero nine zero zero. Oh, okay. Uh, wait. So, so you did dot join. Why did you have to do dot join if it includes all of that already? Uh, because dot jo- uh, an array can't be printed. If I want to print an array, I join it into a string with a comma between each element. Join takes an array, turns it into a string separated by whatever I pass as the argument. Oh, boy, that's been a long time. I bet you taught us that a while back. Well, in the second of our many hats. (laughs) Okay. When we did arrays. Okay. So this is the point where future JavaScript will have our back. Future JavaScript contains a function called match all that will allow us to basically use iterators to nicely loop over all matches and get all the subparts. But as of today, we know can use. February 2020. <laughs> so for okay. now, not... Yeah, because I decided to put the date in because the word now has no meaning in a series that is designed to be evergreen. Right, right. Okay, so that is matching with string.match. The next thing we can do, which is really powerful, is we can replace bits of a pattern. So the string class provides a dot replace function. And the dot replace function lets us find a pattern and replace it with a replacement. Uh, that pattern can be a plain old string, but it can also be a regular expression. And this again is where global has a really important role. If the global flag is not present, dot replace will find one match, replace it, and stop searching. If the global okay. flag is present, dot replace will keep going and replace every occurrence of the pattern. Okay. It's kind of sensible, actually. Yeah. Um, the other really powerful thing is the replacement can contain the match. If you want to take the entire match and use it in your replacement, it's the special symbol dollar and. Mm. If you want the first capture group, it's dollar one. The second capture group becomes dollar two. The third capture group becomes dollar three. And if you want to include a dollar symbol, you have to use dollar dollar. <laughs> Okay. Right, because dollar just took on a special meaning here in the replacement. So we can do a replace. So if you take original string, the nosilicast rocks, the nosilicast always sure know how to geek, and the capitalization is inconsistent between nosilicast and nosilicast always. And let's say I'm a real pernickety kind of person, and I want the nicely intercapped version of nosilicast everywhere. I can Inter- write a regular expression for that, right? Intercapped, you mean changing the, the C to uppercase? Yeah, so intercap is a word where you have a capital in the middle, but you meant it. <laughs> okay. Right? It was all like the so- rage in the 90s, I believe, to intercap everything. Um, I like it, but it's now out of fashion, apparently. Facebook doesn't have a capital B, even though I think it should. But what do I know? I actually had to write text expander snippets for words because I can't ever remember which one's intercapped. In fact, no silicast, I often go, wait, is the C capitalized? I don't remember. Uh, it's funny you mention that because I have a text expander snippet group called Cap Fixes. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I have one for Facebook. 
Uh, yeah, I have one for Facebook as well, which unintercaps it, and I have one for Nasilla Castaways, and well, for Nasilla Cast actually, which caps it. Anyway, <laughs> so const fixed string becomes equal to original string dot replace first argument forward slash Nasilla Cast forward slash gi. So g means global, and i means I don't really care what way they capitalize Nasilla Cast. I want to match them all. Right. My replacement, on the other hand, is properly intercapped nocilla cast. Okay. So now, if I console.log the before and the after, what you will see is that nocilla cast without the uppercase C becomes nocilla cast with the uppercase C, and nocilla cast aways also gets fixed because I didn't have word boundaries in my regular expression. Because you didn't have word boundaries in your regular expression. Um. I don't remember what that means. There's no slash B to say only match this if I'm at the edge of a word. So Nasilla Castaways oh, okay. is matched because there is ah. no saying not to. Okay, got you, got you. Right, no slash B. Exactly. Cool. So therefore, we have correctly fixed Nasilla Cast and Nasilla Castaways perfectly working as expected. Nice. Uh, we can also use the power of those replacements, those sub-patterns, to translate American dates into uh, European dates. Oh. So we have const US date string becomes equal to I had a great time 12 slash 25 slash 2019. I'm hoping 12 slash 25 2020 is as good. So then we can say const EU date string becomes equal to US date string dot replace. First argument, word boundary, capture group slash D2 end capture group. Backslash forward slash to match a forward slash. Capture group slash D2. Backslash forward slash to capture the slash. Capture group backslash D4. Word boundary. And then with the global flag on the end. Okay. And our replacement is $2 minus $1 minus $3. All right. Wait a minute. Now you told me what those dollar things meant. <laughs> that was like a few minutes ago. Uh, so dollar one, dollar two, dollar three. So the first one, second one, third one. You want to do second, second, first, third. So you went dollar right. two, dollar one, dollar three. So you guys okay. have your months and dates the other way around. The way we do. So yeah, two, I'm coming one, around to your point of view. We did it wrong, but I still can't read yours. I look at Don sends me stuff for Screencast Online. He goes, "Can you do it on these dates?" And I said, "Nope," because I don't know when those are. <laughs> Do you notice that I have never sent you a date that doesn't use a three-letter abbreviation? No. Uh, so attention. you would say 25 December 2020, and that way we both know what we're talking about. Yeah, I religi religiously do that because yeah, of the fact that I do so much stuff with people on both sides of the pond. I have given up on... The only thing you'll see me do where I have numbers is ISO 8601, where I write year, month, day. And that's really obvious to everyone because it's four digits, two digits, two digits. No one ever gets that wrong. Or they look at me like I'm an idiot. One of the two. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just fine with that. We should, so we should all just go to that one because that one makes sense to everybody, right? You wouldn't put... I agree. I agree. Your I love ISO 8601. Yeah. I love it so much I remember the ISO code for it. That's how much I love it. <laughs> anyway, what you can see when you run that code is our before has US dates and our after has the date swapped and the slashes replaced with dashes. Because my replacement pattern has minuses instead of slashes. Right, right. So there we go. Cool. Capture groups, global. 
It's all coming together. I like that that replace and that match. Those those seem to make more sense to me than the than the uh, exp stuff. The, well, uh, brilliant. Use what makes sense to you. I generally find that I'm like you. I prefer match and replace. But if I need both many of and capture groups, I have no choice but to go exec. And I will only go exec when I have no choice because I don't like it. Thankfully, not too often. Okay, one last thing before we call it a day. We have already met the split function that comes with the string class. It allows us to take a string and break it into pieces and put each piece into an array. Um, I may as well tell you that PHP has a much more fun name for this function. They call it explode. You explode <laughs> a string into an array. And I think that's much funnier than just splitting it. Um, but anyway, so in JavaScript, we split, we don't explode. So it takes a string and it makes an array. And the function can take a string as the first argument. So if you want to split on comma, you just say string dot split comma as a string as the first argument, and it will split on every comma. But it can take a regular expression, and that's actually much more powerful because if you ask the user for comma separated, some people will just put a comma. Some people will put comma space. Some mm. people will be copying and pasting and end up with comma space space or comma space 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 space. Mm -hmm. So what if you just want a comma followed by any number of spaces? Well, that's a regular expression. So the way we would split on that is we give the argument to split as forward slash comma open square bracket space close square bracket, which is a really nice way of representing an actual genuine space star. So zero or more spaces. Didn't we have an expression for uh, a, a character string that we could use in regular expressions that meant spaces? We spent a bunch of time talking about tab spaces and stuff. Right, but that's all spaces. So that includes tabs and so forth. And this square bracket space square bracket is a space. I guess you could argue that I should have used backslash s to allow people to hit tab and to, to, to come a tab, but I, I, was, I wasn't thinking that But it extreme. would also get any number of spaces, wouldn't it? Only if there was a star on the end. Otherwise, it's exactly one tab. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. But why not use that instead of the square brackets with the space inside? Just Perfectly preference. valid thing to do. It's a, okay. Well, it's a All more right. general match. You're, you're being more generous than I am. Okay. I, I'm saying any number of spaces, and you're saying any number of vaguely space-like things, which is even more generous. Yeah, okay. So our raw list is something, comma, space, something else, comma, another thing, comma, space, space, one last thing. So we have all the silly things people can do. And because we use a regular expression, when we console.log the split list, we get an array of something, something else, another thing, and one last thing. So the important, if it excuse me using the word again, thing to note is that the entire pattern match is removed, right? So we're splitting on the pattern. So that means that the pattern is gone from the exploded list. Oh, okay. Right, which right. Is just like would have happened if we were splitting on a simple string. Mm -hmm. But it's because it's a pattern, it's actually more powerful because our data is now way cleaner than it would have been. If we'd split on the string comma, we would have ended up with something as the first element, great, followed by space something as the second element. Yeah. And then the last okay. would have been space space one last thing. So this yeah, is that's, much That's better. the bane of doing text to columns in Excel as you end up with stuff like that. You're just like, ah, you're killing me. Bingo. So if Excel, ha maybe Excel does have regular expression support, I, I don't know. 
Also, if they do, it's probably not PCRE because I don't think Microsoft run the PCRE train. Yeah, I don't think so. Okay. So, that is it for today. I think, I'm hoping, you did a lot of agreeing and stuff, so I'm I'm hoping that's a good sign that I finally, after all this time, that regular (laughs) expressions are sinking in at least for a while. Yeah, I just, I, like I said, I just wish I had more constant uh, requirement to test them and to use them. Okay. That's, like, I, yeah. I'm sure that my, I think we talked about it last time where I was trying to, uh, I, got a, I got a new, actually it was, no, it was in my own little uh, bit for PBS that I did. I got a new version of the exchange rates and instead of being commas, it was little angle brackets. And so I ended up doing a text well, the sad part, I did a text search and replace, but the sad part is uh, the editor I was using supports regular expressions. Oh. So if I if I'd gone forward in time and watched listen to this first, maybe I would have I would have had a really good chance to test it and see if I could figure it out. Ah, that's how that's how life works. Yeah. Okay, so at this stage, we have done all of the hats but one, right? That we're going to do, and the one I've been leaving till next. Well, till not next time, because next time we're going to do our sample solution to the challenge from PBS 89. But after that, we're coming on to the hat I have been dreading, the hat I have been putting off, because it's a hat that we have tried many times to do with great failure resulting. So, in JavaScript, the final hat that objects are forced to wear is that of being a class. Classes are objects too. Classes are ways of making objects, so objects are doing this completely eating-your-own-tail thing, but let's not even go there. Yet. But before the days of ES6, the fact that JavaScript is really weird was unavoidable. There was no way to hide from a JavaScript programmer the weirdness of JavaScript. And in installments 17, 27, 28, and 29, we did things (laughs) the weird way. And it did not go well. That was the period in this series where Alison was muchly frustrated and much crankiness ensued. And it was not good. And we put it off for a while and then ES6 came out with a whole new syntax. And I decided in my infinite unwisdom <laughs> to try explain the new syntax with reference to the old confusing syntax. And so I ended up frustrating you for 46, 47 and 48. <laughs> oh, you remember exactly where that those seven episodes? I went back and looked at the PBS index. Some very clever person indexed it all. (laughs) So at the end of the day, we had seven episodes of frustration and I don't think we got very far. So we're going to have third time's a charm here and we're going to do it in two installments. And this time, I'm not going to mention the weirdness. I'm not going to mention the difficult way. I'm not going to draw any reference to the weird way. We're going to start with the shiny new ES6 syntax. We're going to do it in terms of the problem to be solved, and we're going to keep it really simple. Good. And I'm hoping that in two installments, we finally get a basic understanding of objects, as in classes for making objects. And then we're going to draw a line under JavaScript and call it done. Wow. Well, I'm, I'll be sad because now I feel like I'm just finally getting the hang of it. But hopefully the stuff that I've learned is transportable, like the uh, the goal set at the, uh, like it's set on the tin, right, Bart? Right. As the, yes, it will be transportable. But also, just because we're done learning new JavaScript doesn't mean we're never going to see JavaScript again, right? Oh. 
Because the web is a place of many languages. We started off with HTML for describing what is on a page. And then we did some CSS to learn about how it should look, right? So the what and the how to display it are two separate things, two separate languages. And then we looked at JavaScript for bringing it to life, right? For giving it the power to do something. That's where JavaScript came in. And all this time, the closest we've come to acknowledging the fact that the web has web servers is that we've been using Ajax to talk to other people's web servers. Well, what are those other people's web servers doing to answer the question we're asking? How does the exchange rate doodad give us back the answer? Mm. Well, it's running some code. Probably written in PHP. So what we're going to learn is how to be the server. But the server is still going to be talking to the web browser, so we're still going to be doing all the stuff we've done before. Oh, good. Right? It's just that when we do an Ajax... We're not going to be talking to some weird thing someone else wrote that we're not going to worry our pretty little heads about. We're going to be talking to server us. So client us is going to talk to server us, which means our JavaScript is going to talk to our PHP. So it'll be talking to some weird little thing that we broke that we do have, or we wrote that we have to worry our pretty little heads about. Bingo. Yes. So it now (laughs) becomes our problem. Well, not unfortunately, right? That's that's how we learn. It's powerful. It's very powerful. So I think this time I'm going to understand classes. I think you're right. This time it's going to work. Third time's a charm. We're going into it with a positive attitude. So I I have been thinking about this a lot for the last three months as we've been doing this rundown of the hats. I've been putting a lot of thought into how I'm going to broach the problem. Wish me luck. But four (laughs) weeks from now, we're going to be diving into it. And two weeks from now, we get to do the fun solution to PBS 89 challenge, which is our grid of currency conversion. I've been working on it, Bart. I'm, I'm... Luckily, uh, I, I've got other things in in the way or not in the way, so I've been able to dedicate about four hours a day, and I'm maybe twenty percent done. So wish me luck. Well, I actually I've been seeing you make really nice progress, actually. So, I, maybe. No, I'm seeing progress. I'm seeing progress. <laughs> you said it looks great, and I said yeah, except for all the numbers being wrong and the rows not hiding and showing like they're supposed to. It's working perfectly. <laughs> Right, but that is how you build a solution, right? Yep, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm going to get there. Excellent. Okay, well, that's all I got written here in these lovely fine show notes, so. All right, let's call it. Let's call it. Well, in that case, until next time, happy computing. If you learn as much from BART each week as I do, I'd like you to go over to lets-talk.ie and press one of the buttons over there to help support him. He does 98% of the work here. I'm just the stooge that listens to him and asks the dumb questions. If you go over to lets-talk.ie, you can support him on Patreon, you can donate via PayPal, or you can use one of his referral links. I really hope you'll go over and help him out. In the meantime, you can contact me at Podfeet or check out all of the shows we do over there over at podfeet.com. Thanks for listening and stay subscribed.